We now, of course, continue our conversation on uh, the the pit toilet. Uh, you'll also remember this also comes, um, uh, you know, after a, a horrific story of a four-year-old who, in fact, whose body was found in a pit latrine in a primary school at a primary school in the Eastern Cape. This was um, earlier on this month. Yesterday, Section Twenty Seven, in partnership with Centre for Child Law, launching this um, online accountability tool, the Microcomap. A sanitation progress monitor, which is to track progress made by the Limpopo Department of Education in particular to eliminate unsafe and undignified sanitation at public schools throughout the province. Let me welcome now Pearl Nicodemus, who is Senior Communications Officer at Section 27. A very good morning to you, Pearl, and thank you for your time. Give us a sense of how this tool works. But but just before you do that, it's almost really a decade later since that horrific story um, of five-year-old Michael uh, Komape at the time um, who who drowned in a pit toilet in his school in Limpopo. But here we are, almost a decade later, Pearl, and we still, we're still talking about this, that uh, this is an issue that has not been eradicated. Shameful. Uh, good morning, Seven Zealand. Good morning to your listeners. Um, shameful indeed. You know, um, I think it's really quite sad and, and quite frustrating that we're here, we're still here as a country, um, you know. Um, but, you know, to speak to the tool, um, the reason why we developed the tool, so what it is basically is um, a function on the website. We can call it uh, a, a website just for clarity's sake. And how it works is... Um, you know, so in Limpopo, maybe a bit of background before I get into the tool. Um, we represented the family of Michael Komape, um, uh, you know, after after he died in a damages claim, which then became structural, and the Department of of uh, the High Court in Limpopo ordered that the department. Uh, create plans to eradicate pit toilets and detailed plans, give us a list of all schools. So it was, it's was. it been years of litigation and it's been a process, but eventually they provided us with uh, adequate plans and also adequate data. So they went and they, they sought data to say, this, these are the amount of schools and um, this is our plan and this is the budget. Yeah. And um, in 2021, they submitted that. And so what we did with this data, we took this data and we, ma- we, we made it um, a clear, user-friendly rather, because... Um, um, even after the plans were submitted, it was still a back and forth of the department to get them to adhere to their own deadlines. Um, and so that's what the tool is. So right now we took that data and uh, we made it uh, user friendly. So everyone, the public, um, school community, media can go on the tool, search for a school, for example, one of the functions, and to check the progress because the department has um, separated schools into priorities. So priority one schools are the schools in the most dire state. Mm. Um, they rely exclusively on pit toilets. Some don't even have sanitation. And the deadline the department set for themselves is the 31st of March to have eradicated um, pit toilets. However, um, as it stands, um, you know, there's over 65,940 learners who, who who still rely on pit toilets. And so it's pretty clear that the department is not, again, going to meet their own deadline. What, what do you understand to be the challenges, Pearl, that uh that persist, that make it difficult to, you know, to eradicate these pit toilets in schools? 
At this point, Sevenzile, um, there's a lot, but also, also it's very difficult to speak on behalf of, you know, the department. But from our stand, it, it seems like a challenge of will because um, we've had to threaten court action to get them to respond. Um, and for us to get to a place where we develop this tool, the purpose of it is to get, you know, uh, everyone involved in holding the department to account. But it seems like a challenge of will because it's after rounds of litigation or rounds of mm. writing to the department and not getting correspondence that they will eventually respond but that you can eventually respond just says that you if you if there wasn't if if the department was really willing um they, they would just respond without us needing to muscle them into court so i there's a lot we could say but um really it just feels like an issue of will at this point mm-hmm. and and you know when it's an issue of will it means that uh, there, there is capacity to do this work they're just choosing not to yeah, it, there is capacity, and you know, because really, what we're we're, we're coming in as is not even we're, we're willing to work with the department, collaborate with the department, uh, but even in that in those spaces, um, we, we just you know, it's it's always just such a, a back and forth and a struggle that the only thing they respond to or have been responding to is court orders and court action, but also still not adhering to certain deadlines. You know, um, there's less than seven days to their own deadline. Um, but at the rate things are moving with the data that we have provided by them, um, and which also is a bit of a challenge because we then found, because when they give us data, we we try, we, we verify it. We then found mm. that there are about 78 schools that they, they were not taken into account, which means that the budget they gave us, you know, um, is insufficient because it doesn't cover the schools that that were that were not in their reportings, so 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 yes, there there is capacity. I mean, we wouldn't say there's absolutely no capacity. I th- I think that we can go to court, and but eventually you're able to respond. Says that there's definitely capacity, you know. But we just we have to use all means to get the department to do um, to fulfill their constitutional obligations to learners. Let me take a caller, Temba, on the line from from Bomalanga. Temba, good morning to you. Go for it. Morning, morning. Uh, I, I I find your guests there to be ill-informed and uh, uh, totally, totally incapable of understanding the challenges uh, that government faces in terms of tea toilets. First of all, reason why we still have tea toilets is because the the areas where the schools are situated, there is no sewer. There are no sewer lines. So you can only create a flash flash kitchen toilet where there's underground sewer. So most of those schools that uh, we're referring to that use pit latrines, they are situated in villages, they are situated in areas where there's no running underground sewer. So to say if a, a department has got no will or whatever, I'm not I don't represent the department as a I am a contractor, I build schools. I, 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 we still continue to build these kit latrines. Why? Because where we're building, there are no sewer lines underground. So, so there's no way that uh, if, if either you uh, don't build uh, toilets at all in those schools, or you have to, to build pit latrines. Why? Because there are no, there's no sewer line underground. But for him to come on air and then say it's a, it's a matter of litigation, it's a matter of will, it's got nothing to do with will. It's got nothing to do with litigation. It's got everything to do with lack of sewer in, in those villages. And it's got nothing to do with those schools. Thank you. Temba on the line from Bomalanga. Thanks for your comment. Po? Um, 
You know, I, I, I hear what Temba is saying and um, the bits about there are areas where um, there are no sewers and running water. And those issues were addressed when we, when we do the work that we do. So um, one, of the, one of the solutions to those areas is the department committed to providing what we call enviroloo toilets, which are a form of... Um, long drop toilets so to speak so we to we took those those issues into account and um we gave the department opportunities well not even we the court did right mm -hmm. um and even in situations where those areas we've taken into the account the department said we will provide environment there are certain schools where we're not able to have um, waterborne toilets. Um, their solutions was environmental, was and they had deadlines, and they said this is when we will provide. And so we're not, you know, ignorant of um, the environment or that we operate in. We've got field researchers in these areas, so we're not speaking in a vacuum. So I would invite Temba and the and the audience to have a look at the tool because we've done the research. You know, we we are in in communities, and so um, so while the issues that he raises are are true, um, if he were to read the department or engage with the information and data, he would realize that the department has made commitments even in those schools. Because if we were to fully go on what Temba is saying, then we would, I don't know what solution is providing to sit back and say, well, there's no sewers. So, um, so it is know, what it is. Education. Yeah. It is what it is. So, so, so I would really invite Temba to educate himself, or at the very least, engage with the data that we have because we've done the research. Um, and court would not hand down a judgment um, in a vacuum with no, without taking these issues into consideration. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, whose responsibility it is? If we just I mean we're just talking about the Department of Education here, but of course, the you know government is is, is multifaceted, and there are different uh, various departments, of course, who, who are responsible for infrastructure and, and all sorts of things. And where are they in? in in the conversation, uh, Pearl, just in terms of the, the sort of infrastructure that, that children are, are subjected to? Um, so, yeah, you're right. You know, a government is definitely multifaceted and each has their own responsibility. We engage. Um, so the work that we do at Section 27, just for a bit of context, is is uh, we work with human rights within the space of education and health. And those are the people we engage the most in. Um, we cannot speak for broader uh, government departments because we're, we're actively engaging with the department that's responsible for the work we do. That's human rights within education. Right. And so um, I would have to sort of venture into, again, and just, I guess, trying to guess why departments are not doing their job, and I'm not able to do that. But um, again, issues exist. We are clearly aware of the environment we, we, we live in. But we must remember that government has a responsibility, a mandate mm. um, to to, to provide basic services. We cannot say um, these are the challenges, and then we sit back you know, they are mandated um, to provide safe schooling, at the very least for learners. You know, learners cannot learn in environments that endanger their lives. Yeah. And so whatever the cases may be, whatever the problems may be, they have a responsibility to solve them. And we've been engaging for years with the department and, you know, they've given us plans, budget that they do not adhere to. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just just finally, Pearl, um, I cited just a, a recent story of a four-year-old in, in the Eastern Cape where, where this happened. The Your focus um, is, is still primarily in, in Limpopo, and we understand the history, of course, of the, the case of uh, Michael Komape. Are you looking to, to, to extend this um, elsewhere? Is is the problem um, as, as extensive in other parts of, of the country as you've seen in Limpopo? 
Yeah, so so most of the work because of um, the history of the case is in Limpopo because that those are the, you know our clients were in Limpopo like you've just said, and so the information that we have, the data that we have, began in Limpopo, um, and legally that was what was feasible for us. Um, we are in talks as an organization because we ideally want to see pit toilets eradicated um, nationwide, um, but also I must say for Section Twenty Seven litigation is a, a last option. So there are talks about how do we you know, could we spread this nationwide? But that's obviously resources. That's obviously we'd have to have a legal strategy around that. Um, but, you know, mm. at the moment, you know, we're, we're exploring avenues, but also it's, it, it, it would be quite a, a mammoth task, you know, because um, yesterday one of our attorneys was saying at the launch, because we launched the tool um, at the Human Rights uh, uh, Festival at, at Conhill, yeah. she was just saying, you know, the, the money we spend on litigation is really money that we could be using uh, to get the job done. And we actually don't prefer litigation at all. By the time we get to court, we have explored so many other means to engage departments. Um, but there definitely are talks within the organization because ultimately we would love to see a nation where learners don't have to go to school and risk their lives uh, by falling, you know, in, in horrific ways, falling into pit toilets. Pearl, that's where we will have to leave it. Thank you very much for your time with us this morning, Pearl Nicodemus, Senior Communications Officer at Section 27.